Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of the What Type Ones Eat podcast. If you're new, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, then we're really happy to have you again. Um, this episode is all about what type ones eat to feel their best and experience life to their full whilst managing their blood sugars very well too. Um, today we have an amazing guest. She is Bella Bucciotti and she, that is her Instagram handle as well. I really am praying that I pronounce her name correctly. Um, I love Bella. She is super positive and has so much travel and just love tips to share. Uh, before we get into this episode, I just wanted to say that none of the information of this podcast is intended as medical or nutritional advice and that you should absolutely consult your medical professional before making any changes to your healthcare plan. Um, and also as a side note, um, the sound on Bella's side is a little bit weird at the very start, but it gets better after five minutes, so please just stick to it and it will get better. So without further ado, let's chat to Bella and hear her positivity. Um, hello, Bella. Hello. <laughs> oh, that was a nice start. I was just like, is it recording? Is it not recording? But we're good. Um, how are you doing today? Tell me. I am great. I made a coffee. I'm going to start my day off good. It looks like it's not going to rain today for the first time in two weeks. So that's a really good time for me. Um, whereabouts do you live exactly? I live in Port Hardy, BC. It's at the very end of the island. So if you ever come out here, it's a great place to live and to see. There's so much wildlife, oceans, mountains. It's like the outdoorsy person's heaven out here. So it's like that's out. Canada, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm not the best at geography, to be fair. So apologies <laughs> for that one. Um. Okay, so I kind of ask pretty much every guest about their diagnosis story because I do feel it's an important part of, of your diabetes life. So tell me, how were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed when I was 19. I was so thirsty and it was summer and I was like, mom, I'm so thirsty. She's like, oh my God, Bella, stop being so dramatic. You're fine. And I was like, okay. And then a week after that, I was like, mom my vision's getting really blurry she was like oh my god Bella, you're so dramatic I was like okay yeah I always complain. no way your mom said all that <laughs> week after that my leg I started to lose feeling in my leg and I was like mom my nerves and she's like hi oh, you're just so dramatic about everything and I was like uh and then a week after that, I went to the clinic and I was like, yay, like I'm having all these weird things happening to me. And they're like, well, diabetes isn't running your family, but we'll do a test just in case. And I was like, okay. So they did a test and I was at a 32.9. So I was like, oh, guess I have type one now. <laughs> nice. Well, 32.9 is quite a high level. Yeah, and then a week after that, I got diagnosed with celiac. So all fun and games around here. Do you think one triggered the other, or do you think they're somehow related? Um, I was reading online, and my doctor told me that um, like seventy percent of type one diabetics are celiac. Yeah, 
I just, yeah, I guess it's like autoimmune diseases go together. Like I have hypothyroidism and it's really common as well in diabetes. So yeah, when you get one, you get them all apparently. So exactly. Like, let's just hope stuff doesn't build and we don't get more, you know, because you might as well. I'm like, at this point, I can't handle another one. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So tell me what point, like, in your kind of study career life, were you? Um, so I was just out of my first year university. I never finished university. I dropped out to pursue my blog and uh, social media stuff. So I dropped out and then I started traveling and probably like a year after that, I started getting all these, these things happening to me when I was driving home from Seattle. So not the best time to have all these <laughs> diagnoses going on, but it's Yeah, okay. but it's interesting because like you were sort of already in the middle of your career and your career is like very much exposing you to an audience. Um, how did you find that at the very beginning? I found everyone like just like so nice. Like everyone was trying to give as much support as they can. Like everyone is like a lot of people that follow me, at least one of them knows someone that has diabetes. It's their cousins or there's someone that's related to them or they know a friend that has it. Everyone's just really, really, really nice. No one was negative about it. Like everyone wanted to try and help, even if it wasn't the best help possible. Um, even when I got diagnosed with celiac, people sent me recipes and stuff. Like, I feel like your audience kind of just like adjusts to you sometimes. And they're always really nice if you have a good audience. But yeah, because like I, I know um, another vlogger who I actually recorded a podcast with um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he doesn't really speak about diabetes just because like of the misconceptions around it. Um, and I kind of get that perspective as well, but it's, I like, I love that you actually share, like share your diabetes with people. And you also work with quite a few diabetic brands, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I love educating people. I knew I didn't know hardly anything about type one when I was diagnosed. And I was like, oh, I knew absolutely nothing about this. I need to educate myself. And I learn new things every day. I also learn things from people that tell me things that I never knew. Um, And I like educating people and helping people. And that's why I share it. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you just ate sugar. That's why you have type 1. And that is not at all how it works. So (laughs) Totally not. All right, um, Bella, so... Let's chat about your celiac diagnosis because I'm really curious to talk about that. All right. So I had gotten a blood test at the hospital and they were like, oh, you're, you might be celiac. You have to go get a biopsy. So I went to a specialist and they told me I had to eat a little amount of gluten every day for like 16 days or whatever the time period was before my Hmm. biopsy. So I ate like little pieces of bread every day um, or whatever, some sort of gluten. gluten. Like, have you already eliminated gluten by the point because you thought that you were celiac? Yeah, I had taken it out because after the blood test, they were like, you should just avoid it for now. So I hadn't been eating Mm -hmm. it. 
And if you get a biopsy and you haven't been eating gluten, it will tell you it you're not celiac. Show, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you have to go and eat gluten, even if it makes you feel like absolute trash. <laughs> you yeah, still that's the unfortunate um, truth of science. Yeah. There's like a lot of people that are like, oh, I could never do the biopsy because you have to eat gluten and it hurts me so bad. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But if you already feel that sick, I'm pretty sure you know you can't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> It didn't make me that sick in the beginning because I had been eating it my whole life. So it didn't truly make me that sick in the beginning. So I guess like you didn't know the difference either. Like you didn't know how it would be without kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be this bloated. Like, come on. That's that's what I'm supposed to be like. <laughs> I'm supposed Just to like dying in bloating time. pain after every meal. Oh, this is how I'm supposed to be. I'm good. This is how I feel. It's fine. Like, whatever. So yeah, they did the biopsy. And then a week after that, they told me I'm celiac. And that's kind of about it on that. And then... Um, so uh, like, how did time, that change kind of your diet? Or because you were already avoiding it, it didn't affect you that much? Um, so I guess like not all gluten, like oats are gluten-free. So I had to find like certified gluten-free oats to have my oatmeal in the morning and like, you know, bread, bread is still a discovery because they all taste like cardboard, but (laughs) one day I will find gluten-free bread. I quite like this German brand. What's it called? Um, it has like a yellow packaging and I can't remember what the name is. I can barely find that in Canada. If someone knows where to find that in Canada, I heard that one's good from other people too. Yeah, it is really good. Like I'm not gluten-free, but I still sometimes buy it. Um, it's called Scar, Scar, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen it before, but you can't find it in a lot of places around here. That's not nice. But can you bake <laughs> some kind of gluten-free bread yourself? I've tried. It's a trial and error still. I used to live right close to this really good gluten-free bakery um, in Abbotsford in BC, mm-hmm. which is so good. But now I live super far away from it. So now I have to try and find somewhere new. But That's yeah, so it's, it's all trial and error, especially with gluten-free baking or gluten-free cooking. It's all trial and error because everything works different than flour works. And Do you find that like some cafes, restaurants claim to be gluten-free, but they might not be? Yeah, I, I have a hard time with restaurants unless they, you know, say they have a dedicated gluten-free like fryer mm. um, or they say that, you know, you can ask for them to change the water before they cook your pasta or anything like that. Um, some people are more careful. I, I don't have reactions when it's cross-contamination because I'm still not like okay. super severe celiac. Um, I know I'll get there and everyone's like, you should just be prepared. I'm like, I know, but like at this point, I'm still going to live my life. Is celiac sort of like onset as well? Kind of like, like, yeah, kind of like diabetes, I guess. So does it like develop over time? I know, I know someone that's like super allergic. Like she can't even go into a restaurant without having like reactions and stuff. So it, I I think it gets worse over time. Yeah. But I kind of thought it depends, it just depends on the person doesn't it but I don't really don't know I'm I'm not sure much about celiac I just know you shouldn't eat the gluten and I I cross-contaminate sometimes and my boyfriend cooks toast in our toaster and I use the same toaster and 
I don't ever have reactions from that, but I know eventually it will probably come. If it doesn't, that'd be awesome, but (laughs) (laughs) don't want to get two toasters for my own house. (laughs) Yeah. Do you, um, like bring your own pasta to places to cook for you? Uh, at restaurants, I just, we usually only go to restaurants that like, I look at their menu beforehand and I'm like, okay, they have gluten-free stuff that I can eat. If not, we try and find somewhere that is, has options for gluten-free. So I don't have to just eat a salad because that's kind of boring to eat all the time, especially if you're going to go out to dinner, you want to eat something that's a little bit better than just a salad. Yeah. So like you say you struggle with eating out, but obviously with traveling, that's a huge part of, of traveling. How do you even manage that both with type one and celiac? So especially when I'm doing my treks, like my hiking tours that I do, I've done one in Peru and I did the tour de Mont Blanc. So that's hiking through France, Switzerland, and Italy. Um, I actually brought food for both of those trips okay. just in case um because when you're doing those treks especially they cook for you at, at nighttime um so I was like oh just in case they don't have food for me I'm gonna bring food so instead of carrying in my bag um the tour company I went with they offered to bring your bag an extra bag if you absolutely needed it, if you had like extra clothes you needed or if you had like something like diabetes or celiac like they'll bring your medicine or whatever you need up top to the top of the hike for you so that you don't have to carry it the whole 30 kilometers a day that's really good that is really good so no one wants to carry like all that stuff especially when it's hot out you don't want to carry all your insulin in your bag and it's going to go bad so um they brought your food up at night and I just asked for hot water and I made like instant noodles and soup and stuff like it was easy peasy and then my trek in Peru I brought food but all the food that they didn't make us at night was actually gluten-free like it was just beans and rice and unseasoned meat so like all stuff that I could eat which was super nice so it works out sometimes but other times I go to places and they're like what's celiac disease and I'm just like oh god (laughs) I guess like you just have to be prepared for like different case scenarios as well because you never yeah yeah I went to Thailand and that was really hard if I didn't have someone there uh that spoke the language I would have been stumped because they had no clue what I was saying until someone translated it to them and they were like oh okay but when I told them they were like what you can't eat this and I was like oh goodness especially in Thailand you're eating noodles and soy sauce and all this other stuff that does have gluten in it and for type one and traveling I always overstock I always bring so much stuff just in case because you never know what's gonna happen you know if you have a plane delay you don't know how long you have to stay like I mean always come over prepared like you if you go say I don't know Thailand it's basically the other side of the planet and like you don't go for like two three days you go for a couple weeks I guess and Mm -hmm. how on earth can you bring that much food with you how many suitcases do you have bring two suitcases I usually have a carry-on that's full of my diabetes stuff and all my food and then I have my other bag that has like clothes and everything else that I would need 
so that I have everything that I possibly could need in a dire situation. <laughs> My That's friend thinks I'm way have, over prepared. <laughs> have you ever had issues with like airport security taking your food off of you, like not allowing to enter the country with it? No, I never have had that. They looked at me once when I had, uh, like, I usually always bring like the Dex tablets. I don't know if you have those in the UK or Dubai or wherever you are at this moment, (laughs) but um, I usually bring a lot of those Dex tablets. And one time I just brought juice boxes instead because I was like, oh, it's just faster. And I like juice boxes better because sometimes those Dex tablets taste like chalk. Um, So I brought juice boxes and this guy was like, you're not allowed to have these. Like it's over the like liquid limit. And I was like, oh, I'm diabetic. And I showed him my pump and he was like, oh, okay, sure. Have them. Okay. Really? That (laughs) was like, okay. Yeah, they were finding it. And I also carry a doctor's note from my doctor saying that I am diabetic and all the stuff in my bag is for everything that I need because you never know what they're going to ask you. And honestly, I'd rather be prepared than them take my juice boxes away and then I have nothing. (laughs) Yeah, like I don't carry juice boxes partially because they keep leaking in my bags and make a huge (laughs) mess. And partially because they're more like they're heavier if like in terms of like per hundred grams of carbs they're a lot heavier you know um so I do the gluco tabs we call them glue I call them gluco tabs we do have dextrose tablets as well so it's the same thing um but yeah um don't know where I was going with that but yeah I don't really not a fan of glucose juice um yeah so um do you have any tips for parents of children who are diagnosed and like are worried about their children traveling and getting on with diabetes afterwards? I have so many people that message me all the time asking like, oh, my kid is 14. He just got diagnosed. We look up to you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? That's really awesome. You shouldn't have to stop your life just because you get diabetes. I, I understand it's hard. I, when I got diagnosed, I was like depressed and I didn't really want to eat because I was scared to eat because I was like, oh my God, I don't know how much insulin to put in. Like, I'm so scared. But like after a couple months, you get so used to it and you just like understand it. And over time, you're just like, okay, I can do this. I have to expand my horizon. I have to, for me, especially, I was like, okay, I have to go on a hike. Like, how am I going to handle a hike situation? How am I going to handle a flying situation? I like to think about it, plan it. You just have to be prepared. And when I tell people that they'll be okay and they'll be able to do all the sports and everything they want to do because having type one doesn't stop you from doing things that you love to do. Like you, you go for 15 kilometer runs. You don't let diabetes stop you one bit at all. Like <laughs> I just did 18 on Monday and I'm actually planning to run a half marathon um, tomorrow, maybe. That I is amazing. I'll see if I can do that because I'm not feeling too great. Uh, my blood sugars have been a bit all over the place and like, I really don't know what's happening. You know, like I've had the last two days, it's just been like, there is no patterns and I can't tell why things are happening. Um, So that sucks, but we'll see how it goes. Um, That's actually still awesome though. that You're going to run a half marathon. Like, you know, 
there's so many people for all these kids and young adults to look up to, especially to like, if they want to run, like they can message you for tips on how to run and keep your glucose up and all this stuff. So you don't go low. And I always bring Dex tablets with me when I run and I'm always prepared yet. It rains all the time here. So I can't run as far as you because I'm like (laughs) sobbing wet. Only in the summer I can run far distances because it does not rain in the summer, but I mean like in the UK I would never go and run like more than 5k probably in the winter. Like I just I don't even go out to be fair in the winter. Like I'd rather do a treadmill run than go outside. But like obviously here whilst I'm in Dubai it's such nice weather and it would just be like I'd be guilty if I didn't go out, you know. <laughs> Totally. It looks so pretty from your stories. I'm like living vicariously Uh through you because I haven't been able to travel and I'm just like, oh, I can't wait till I can travel again. Yeah. Travel is really hard. Like I'm actually stuck because if I go back to the UK, I have a 10 day hotel quarantine, which costs me a lot of money and I don't want to do. So I basically... I'm getting my like Dexcom shipped to me to my parents in Russia and I'm going to fly to Russia to stay there because there is no quarantine from here. So it's basically like it's crap. Sorry to say, but oh, it is. Yeah, Yeah, that's why I don't really want to go anywhere. Like even though I'm so itching to even go somewhere, I'm like, I don't want to have to quarantine in a hotel for 14 days Mm. or like a week. It just it's, it's not the same it kind of like starts off your trip with a bad like ex- like a bad experience can basically you, can you travel like within Canada now um yeah you can go to some provinces I'm just keeping distance because I also do so from Vancouver Island to get to like Vancouver it from my house it takes about six hours including a ferry ride so it's Mm. kind of a long drive just for me to get to the mainland um there is flights though but you know I'm just like whatever I'm actually going to my parents this weekend to drop off my dog at their house so I do have to make the trek out there but it's okay I'm picking up boxes from their house of clothes why are you dropping off oh because Bo likes to hang out with my dad and go for runs with him and they have acreage in their backyard (laughs) he likes to have play dates with people so (laughs) um right Bella um let's get back to the hike hiking topic because I'm really curious like it's a lot of exercise so what do you do to prepare for those and like what do you do during those I have never been a good hiker. I hike so slow. I have so many friends that can tell you I'm the slowest hiker there is on this planet. But you know what? I get to these views and I'm so stoked to be there. But I find when I hike fast, if I'm with a group that is hiking fast and I hike fast, I go low like instantly. If I take my time, I check my sugars like every couple kilometers, I drink some juice like continuously. I don't just like chug a bottle every time I go low. I just continuously have little sips of juice or like Dex tablets on the way up. I never spike or I never go too low, which is awesome um, because I hate hiking and then you're low and then you have to sit there and wait till your blood sugar goes up. And especially if you're with a group of people, it's not good. Like it's not nice to them for them to have to wait for you. Yeah. So 
and I choose to always go with people that do know I'm diabetic and they're like, yeah, just take your time. We're not in a rush. And that's what I like. I don't go with fast people anymore. Cause they're like, we have to make it to the top. I'm like, <laughs> just give me time. I need time. <laughs> I need to enjoy the views. I need to enjoy exactly. my every step of this and not go when I was low. Doing, uh, when I was doing the true to mom blog, it was like, uh, Europe was going through their heat wave. It was so hot. And I was just like, I have to remember to look up. I know it sucks, but like, I have to remember to look up and actually look at the views because I was like looking down at my feet, checking on my sugars, making sure my basal rate was good. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm hiking. I should look up. I should look at these views I'm with right now because they're like so pretty. And then two guys were behind me one day and they were like, oh, like something's beeping. And I was like, oh, that's me. That's me. I'm beeping. And they're like, do you need help? And I was like, no, I'm good. And I just sat there with them and we looked at the view and I was like, this is so perfect right now. Like, this is all you need. <laughs> that's great. Like the only hike I've ever done was um, Snowden. Do you know, like there's a mountain in Wales. I'm not sure if you know this, but um, it's like four different peaks that you need to do, but we only did one. And I was like 10 years old, maybe. And after that, I got like super ill. The weather was the worst it could be. And like it was pouring down with rain. It was like, <laughs> like around the 2nd of August because it was around my birthday. Um, and like, it wasn't a great experience, but since then I really wanted to go back and actually do the full four peaks. And then like, I was planning to do it on my birthday this year, but COVID happened. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, especially around here, as soon as COVID hit everyone and everything was like, I'm a hiker now. Yeah. So yeah. everyone went and got hiking gear and it made hikes very congested, which kind of sucks. Um, where I live right now, it's only a population of 4,000 people. It's really small. Um, so you can do outdoor stuff around here really easily because there's not a ton of people and not a many people come out here. So I'm excited to explore this area, um, especially soon after the weather gets a little better. But yeah, I love hiking and you're welcome to come hiking here anytime. I have oh my God, a house. Of course. And we can do all the fun trails together and it will be so fun. I'm not saying they're easy, like they're hard as crap, but <laughs> they're very well worth it. And we can I camp actually, and it'll be so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> we can treat our hypos together. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so cute. I love that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually like Canada is my on the top of my list of places to visit when stuff is open because um, I really wanted to for a while before COVID happened and obviously then like we just couldn't travel so yeah um, it's it's definitely should be it's beautiful here and it's so hard to ever leave here because it's so pretty especially in the summer like it's decent enough temperature it doesn't get too hot here but it's nice enough to hike and camp and really enjoy we have a lot of bears though but you know that's okay that's fine I'm <laughs> like originally Russian so bears don't really do much you're used to it me. all yeah <laughs> um I also wanted to ask you about like how does your medical system work is it insurance based or um government-based so we have both so if you make a certain amount of money like you know, like you make less than a certain amount. I don't know what the cap is. 
um, then PharmaCare covers your, so like the pharmacy covers your, the insulin and diabetes equipment and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But if you make over the amount, uh, you have insurance and then your insurance covers it. Um, so since I do freelance stuff, I had to try and find an insurance that covered a pre-existing medical condition and not a lot of them do. Um, mm. So I found one that's kind of decent. And I still have to pay a little bit of money, which is fine. It's not as bad as anyone in the States or anywhere else that has to pay yeah. way more, but it it still kind of sucks when you have to pay like two, $300 for stuff that you need to live, but you know, yeah, <laughs> it's just it really okay. Does. But uh, yeah, I guess they're like, no, nowhere is worse than in the U S to be fair with like insulin. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. They are uh, a really our, tough market there. Yeah. I don't think Dexcoms are covered by a lot of insurances here because they're not a necessary need. They're like, an extra, even my freestyle, like I have to pay for it. Um, cause my insurance doesn't cover it. Um, my boyfriend's insurance though would cover it. Cause I don't know. They have really weird his? rules somehow. I actually just got under his insurance last week. So I'm so excited to see if I can get my freestyles for free now, <laughs> nice. but like you still pay for insurance, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so my insurance, I, my insurance, my had was $200 a month that I pay for the one I had. Yeah. That's actually not too bad. Mm-mm, no, yeah. they covered like getting glasses, dental, like, uh, all your uh, hospital visits, anything like that. I picked a good one, but it didn't cover some of the diabetes stuff, obviously, but you know, everything's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, totally not. But like diabetes and perfection just doesn't go together. So we're good. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bella, one of my last questions to you is, um, do you have any kind of mental health care techniques that you use? How do you stay so positive? Because in every single video I watch of you, you're just like the most positive bubble you (laughs) could ever meet (laughs) I honestly am always very positive like our roof started leaking one day and I was like oh my god what is this our roof started leaking hooray I was like oh my god our roof is leaking and I couldn't stop like smiling and crying at the same time I was like ah I'm like am I hormonal or am I just what's going on right now (laughs) joke (laughs) I was like this is not happening right now Uh, but honestly I find that getting outside at least once or twice a day for me just like clears my mind makes me a 10 times happier person and you know for me like I love coffee so like enjoying my coffee really peacefully in the morning like walking bow so with you on the coffee theme (laughs) like the little things in your day make me just so happy and I take those little things and I'm like okay let's move on to the rest of our day with such a positive note I used to not be so happy and I used to take things and I'm like oh this sucks and I was just like why do I live like that that's not that's not good like take your little things and make them happy. And you know what, that's what you need. I love being grateful for three things each day. I write them down. I'm a 
forever do that because it's a good mindset to have. And I'm like, I already got diabetes. I already got celiac. Like you can't be pissed anymore. You just got to keep going. You got to do your day and do your life. And I have a cute dog. So that also helps like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I feel I should get a cute dog. Then I'll be happy all the time. Like I'm not, I have a very realistic mindset. Like I am a very, what's the word? Um, Realist. Take it. Yeah, I'm a realist. Exactly. Um, (laughs) And that doesn't always come with like the most positive approach, but we try the best we can, you know. Um, Oh, totally. Could you give me any like top tips, maybe something we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? Um, Just some like last thoughts. When you are traveling, get those little packs to put your insulin in. I don't know their direct name for it. You know Frio. what I'm talking about? Those Frio pouches. Yes. Those Frio pouches have Love saved them. my freaking life. They are amazing. You can buy like a set of three on Amazon for like a really good price. Like I have so many of them in every single size and I'm not even joking. They are a lifesaver when traveling, like hands down, especially when you're hiking, all you got to do is soak it underwater. Like you don't have to do anything else. Like it's so, so helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Like I actually use, like I'm on pens. So I just use them all the time. I just keep my pens in there just in case, like, you know, I don't carry without them. Like they're the best thing ever. And like, I didn't know about them when I first got diagnosed. And then I was like posting a story. I was like, Oh, how do I like store my insulin while I'm traveling? And another girl that has diabetes actually sent me a picture of her Frio bag. And I ordered like 10 after that. I was like, Oh my God, girl, you are amazing. These are so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I absolutely love Frio. They're really good. Uh, You should get them like for a brand sponsorship, like to work with you. You definitely. I know one day I'll get to them. (laughs) You just love them. It seems you love them so much. So you guys. I do. I actually got a cute little design one. It has little dinosaurs on it. It's probably for children, but I thought it was too cute. I had to get it. Mine has like little (laughs) flowers and it's like cute purple. I'm like, I don't care if this is for a five-year-old. I'm getting it. It's too cute. (laughs) (laughs) okay Bella thank you so much for taking the time to come on the what type one z podcast uh was such a nice positive chat awesome hope you have a really awesome day thank you you too thank you so much I don't know about you guys but I absolutely loved Bella I just think her energy is so amazing and she is so positive that just listening to her is such a joy to me um, I will link Bella's Instagram and Bella's website and Bella's YouTube um, in the show notes and I'll also leave a link to my website and my Instagram in the show notes down below. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe on the podcast app that you're listening to. It really helps get the episode heard by more people. And on that note, I hope you have a lovely week and I hope you do join in next week. Bye.